0: Hi, welcome to this week's show. This week I'll be taking you on a 10 year long journey to become a U.S. Coast Guard certified captain. So lift up your anchors, it's time to get underway for this truly unique nautical experience. you can say it all started about 10 years ago when i first started running uh, fishing charters out of indianapolis indiana on our local rivers and also reservoirs i took a little bit of criticism from the locals sometimes they'd uh, i can hear them in the background i give them six months well guess what it's been 10 years and i have over 459 documented days of service on the water which is what brings me to make this show uh, many are called and fewer chosen which is why I called up Captain Larry Walker of Worldwide Marine Training Center of Oriental North Carolina and asked him to help me prepare for the exam. When he said he had room in his classroom, I packed up my bags and headed east.
1: My name is Larry Walker, and uh, I'm the founder of Worldwide Marine Training. And uh, I go back a few years on the water from the days uh, in the Navy, starting back in 1969. Served on two different warships, traveled all around the world through the Panama Canal and Mediterranean, Caribbean. Today, what I'm doing is uh, preparing candidates for the uh, United States Coast Guard Captain's License. And we do the training and the examinations here at Worldwide Marine Training. Uh, we go over navigation rules, uh, plotting, all kinds of safety and seamanship issues. And uh, we run our uh, candidates through uh, seven days uh, full time of classroom training. And they spend the eighth day taking the examination, which is in five parts and covers pretty much all aspects of. Uh, Maritime Service for a uh, licensed captain.
0: A couple of us are a little brain fried, so we're going to do a little fishing here. We're tired of charts and plots. so you ready? Let's hook them up. You ready? Yeah. Hans, you going to join us? Who you think it is? Never mind. Cut right off. Huh? Look at that. A bit in half. he was? can't tell, man. Is it like a, a small shark or a trout. There you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. He's running me, but I don't know what it is. It's pretty good size. It's a red drum, I'm pretty sure. Okay, we got a redfish right here, fishing off the public access right here in Oriental, North Carolina. My problem is he swallowed my bait and I don't want to kill him, so I'm just going to leave the hook inside and we'll put him back. But he's pretty nice. Probably not within the size limit. We're not going to keep oh, him anyway. It, nice fish, right, Hans? Oh, cool. He's got a nice spot there on the... There are a lot of reasons why people answer the call to become licensed captains, just like Hans Ecke. My name is Hans Ecke. I just recently acquired a 38-foot sailing catamaran. The catamaran was built in South Africa and sailed over here, so it's an ocean-proven vessel. I took possession of the boat in Fort Lauderdale and sailed it around the southern Florida coast into the Gulf of Mexico. After receiving my license, I intend to start a charter business down in Florida with my boat taking divers out or making sunset cruises and maybe venturing as far as Key West from the Fort Myers area to uh, the Dry Tortugas.
1: Well, the pace has picked up a little bit here since Captain Eddie Brochin showed up in eastern North Carolina from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, he's quite a ball of fire. We've got him plotting courses and reciting the navigation rules, and just doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He's well on his way to uh, being licensed by the United States Coast Guard as a US merchant marine officer.
0: after acing the exam, I headed back to New England for my second season of work as a mate aboard the Miss Elizabeth 31-foot charter boat owned and operated by Captain Mark Owens of Plymouth Charters. All right, another day. How many we got this morning, Mark? How many guys? Yeah.
1: I believe three today. Three? Good. All right, got the big, big tackle
0: out today. Where do you want me to put these gaffs? Downstairs. Put them on the shelf down there. Morning, guys. How you doing, Mark Kearney? Eddie Brochman. Eddie. Yeah. Good Good to to meet you.
1: Quick. Bring him in. <laughs> yeah, if it was a tuna that reel it'd be <laughs> smoking. Yeah.
0: Oh. Cooking brother. So huh? well, he's he's in nah, he's fighting strong too. Is he gonna get in it? No, he'll be alright. You're not in the middle. get no, no, no,
1: down. Kind of pointed up towards the be. Ready. Good.
0: Nice. nice. nice.
1: Woo. Yeah. Way to go. Not bad for the first. Get a picture. Put it in the rod holder. Thirty get a picture seconds. And throw them away. Uh, it's thirty-six. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> all the rods hooked up right now. Oh, shoot. We're going to have some
0: action now. He's cutting back to the left. There you go. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Oh, nice. You got nice. him, Ed? Oh, yeah. I'll get this one. Yeah, nice blue. Ah, here we go, right there. Nice, nice blue fish.
1: May wanna hold that there and then get it in the clip. Yeah.
0: Well this morning, the bluefin tuna did not make an appearance, so we headed back to P-Town for some striper fishing. Alright, well we've switched over to stripers, and uh, the guys are pretty happy with the way things went this morning, so they're going to let me hook up the first one, or at least get a chance to hook up one, so I'm pretty excited. We caught uh, 72 stripers the day before yesterday on the last charter we took out and we caught over 50 the time before that. We've been hitting consistently at least 50 stripers per day on the last, oh, I'd say the last three weeks worth of charters here. This is striper fishing, folks. uh, Oh, fish on, fish on. Here we go. That was quick. Oh, yeah, it's a nice one. Oh, yeah, come on. There he is, there he is, nice stripper, oh yeah, nice one. Okay. That's what we are talking about right there folks. Striper Fishing right here with Plymouth Charters out of Plymouth, Massachusetts. Doesn't get any better than this.
1: It feels like
0: a blue fish. a striker though. What I tell you, all these stripers are coming in here feeding on these uh, sand eels right now, so we're dropping these five six ounce jigs right down to them, using the metal wire to keep it down in the strike zone. And look out, we're doubled up right here, right here with Captain Mark Owens of Plymouth Charters. Sea bass, you gotta love them. Huh? One more just for you, give him a kiss. (laughs)
1: Kiss
0: (laughs) If you're interested in booking with Captain Mark Owens of Plymouth Charters, For bluefin tuna, stripers, or sharks, look us up on the web at PlymouthCharters.com. We were catching so many fish this day that even Don the cameraman Hornback was able to get in on the
1: action. Feels like a good fish to me, guys. (laughs) Nice fish, John. Wow. Wow, thank you. This is my first striper ever. Thank you, Mark. I'm gonna release him now. Thanks,
0: Today was my day off, and I decided to visit the Wampanoag Native Tribe at Plymouth Plantation. The purpose of the visit was to serve as a reminder of how life used to be for these simple people a life without busy streets, noise and pollution, I learned a great deal from them and gained a greater respect for their way of life. For it is just like our motto for traditional bow hunting, keep it simple. After visiting the Wampanoag tribe, I decided to board the Mayflower too, to remind myself of how mariners of the old days navigated our oceans and coastal waterways. The experience reminded me of the importance of having the knowledge of the ancient mariners. Could you imagine being 60 miles offshore and all of your electronic navigation equipment fails you during an emergency? Can you get your passengers home safely? That's what the U.S. Coast Guard wants to know.
1: I'm Sean Jacobson. I supply the jigs that you're going to be using today with Captain Mark and Captain Joe fishing over at Race Point. Uh, these are made by the Brinco Company. They're, they're, these ones are three ounce. Uh, they vary. They go three to five ounce. I'm um, just your basic lead head with a nice little hair and what you're going to do is you're going to fish these babies on some wire line getting them down into the strike zone. We use stainless wire, it's 45 pound test, this type of fishing, wire line jigging. If these jigs aren't on the bottom you're not catching fish. The wire just helps to keep it down, it's heavy. here. It's easy to break this wire than try to cut it. If you cut it, you leave a little tag end. It hangs up on the grass. If you break it, it's a smooth connection. If you get stuck on the bottom with this wire, as long as there's no kinks in the wire, it'll break at the mono, which is better. I'd rather lose a $5 jig than a $20 roll of wire. When, it, when you're jigging it and it stops like that, don't drop the rod back down. Just stop reeling. There's no stretch in this line, man. So as soon as you drop it back, you're going to put slack in it. The it'll fall out. Oh, that's a hoss, man. That's a big boy. They go to neutral, Daddy's. Again. I'm trying to show you up guys, it's too big of oh, a
0: stay in Plymouth, accommodations were provided for me by Above the Bay at Thornton Adams Bed and Breakfast, just five minutes away from historic downtown Plymouth. Once again, I found myself in a place and time where the land ends and the sea begins. This place has really grown on me. But should I make my way inland, back to Indiana? Or should I stay here and make my life at sea? The tide must have washed the mysterious box ashore. There was something inside the box, but what could it be?